Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA Kit by Endocana Health. I did this years ago, and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit, EndoDecoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestions, EndoAligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Effica Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Effica Unwind. Created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formulation of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget, promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast, home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time together. Welcome to Casually Baked home base for fresh perspectives on wellness, agriculture, personal sovereignty, and purpose. Thank you for opening up and tuning in with my guest today, Dave Thompson, the founder of Mindful Warriors. Um, This is a new endeavor for Dave. He has spent 20 years in the healthcare industry. He's a U.S. veteran and is passionate about alternative medicines, plant medicines, nutrition, movement, and growth mindset. Dave struggled with pain and depression for several years before finding what worked for him via nutrition, movement, and plant medicine, and we are going to dive into all of that today. I am Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. 
Uh, we've been doing this for eight years, but I know I have been quiet for the last four months. So welcome back to me. Welcome to you, Dave. And I'm glad to connect with the Casually Baked audience again. Yeah, it's great to be here, Jill. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I look forward to the show. Yeah. Throwing my phone in airplane mode real quick. <laughs> I'm going to throw my phone away. So, yeah, right? <laughs> Now, um, when you and I first talked, um, we have similar farm backgrounds. So you have a connection to agriculture and to the land um, through your family. You know, I feel like a lot of times um, our generation, we ran away from all of that stuff and went to the cities and, you know, just got involved in everything else. And now, you know, I'm in my late 40s and just feeling a calling to go back go back home and to reconnect with nature and the land. And I know you have a similar story. So I would like to let you dive in where you think is is the best place to get this party started. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, I definitely, I agree with you. I'm the same way, late forties and I'm getting to the point where like we're talking about like going and buying land in a farm and doing all the stuff that, <laughs> that, uh, that you're doing right now, what my family did growing up and stuff like that. Same thing. Like I, I grew up, I wanted to be in the cities. I wanted to be in this big type of thing. And now I'm sitting here for the last five or six years. I'm like, man, like would I run away from, right? Like, you know, it was such a good thing. And uh, just sitting with it. But um, kind of the start of my story was back in 2011. Um, I was working, I'd been in healthcare for basically pretty much all my, at that point in time, all my adult life. I was in the military. I was a um, clinic administrator and also did a couple different things like that um, with deployments. And uh, we, I did a, had another job and role with law enforcement with it. But um, at the end of the day, I just really fell in love with like true healthcare. And, um, for a long time, I thought like our healthcare system was healthcare. Right. And, uh, and then in 2011, I just, I woke up one day and I was so miserable for like the last four or five years. I slept for maybe three or four hours on any average given night. I tossed and turned my shoulder killed. Um, uh, not going down a whole bunch of things. I was in the military. I was exposed to a bunch of different medicines, a bunch of different chemicals, a bunch of different stuff like this. And one day I woke up and, uh, and I just felt miserable. I felt like a 65 year old arthritic man. And, um, and I was supposed to be in the prime of my life. And, um, I struggled that for that for about four or five years. And, uh, I just I remembered, I called in work that morning. I was like, look, I just need a mental health day. Um, I'm not going to be in today. And, um, I remember them asking me, they were like, you gonna be in tomorrow. Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm not sure. And that was like my final statement to them. And, um, and I remember getting off the phone. I had it all planned out. I knew what building I was going to walk off of that night if I didn't figure it out, I'm walking off the ledge. And um, and so that day I turned around, I threw out, threw out alcohol, threw out pain pills, threw out all the medicine I was on. Um, you know, I was giving Motrin, Tylenol, Vicodin, you know, muscle relaxants. Here, take another one, right? Like doctors don't care. They'll just throw medicine at you. It's, it's unfortunately, it's what they're trained to do. And I'm not knocking them. I think they're doing, they think they're doing the right thing, but I think a lot of the studies and a lot of the data has actually been hidden from them. Um, and so that day exactly. I threw out all the junk food. I threw out any processed food. I went to a paleo based diet. I've even evolved from that. I'll get a little bit more into that, but, um, threw alcohol away, threw all the meds away. Um, like my cabinets were bare. Anything in the house was one ingredient food. And, um, and I remember that evening I went out, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to try a little bit of weed. It was just legalized here in Colorado. And I was like, I'm going to go try something different. I had the best night of sleep that I had in 
five years and it was like enough just to give me enough hope until the next day. So I'm super passionate about this because I've been there with other people. I know where they're at. Um, but that was, you know, that was one of the biggest challenges of my life. And what was funny about it is within about two weeks, just changing the diet, taking different things out of my diet, I felt like a totally different person. Um, I still had trouble with my shoulder. I just had that replaced. I think I was telling you about a year ago now, um, but I had a major injury to it. So I was like, okay, I, like I, there's a reason I have pain here. I shouldn't have pain all throughout my body. And within two weeks, the pain disappeared. My knees, ankles, joints, backs all started feeling better. Um, and I really just started focusing and on just mobility. May I ask you real quick? How old were you when all this was happening? Dave? So that was 12 years ago. So that I would have put me at 34. Okay. So your early thirties and you were feeling like a 65 year old arthritic man. Mm -hmm. You threw away all of the junk, all the junk. out of your life, yep. all the processed foods, alcohol, the meds, both over the counter and prescription oh, yeah. meds. Yep. I haven't okay. had a pharmaceutical so you, drug in, since then. Like I've took them all out. I don't take wow. Motrin, Tylenol or any of that type of stuff anymore. So. Excellent. And so once you cleansed your body of all of that, was there some sort of a kind of a detoxing experience that you had during those first few weeks? Yeah, it, it was interesting, right? I felt so miserable. I don't think I had the full on like detox like feeling as some people, right? It was just like every day for me, I just, I started feeling a little bit better. So, you know, I've talked to people like, you know, that have done detoxing and things like that. And they have, you know, a little bit of the, the flu feeling and that type of stuff. I was just so miserable at that point in time. Like it just, I just kind of felt like I was just getting better every single day. Um, so I didn't really have a whole bunch of that, like detoxifying. It like, was feel the rock bottom was already <laughs> the rock there. bottom was there. I'd already <laughs> hit it. Right. So I was bouncing back up from that point on, but, um, yeah, so I, I did that, and and ultimately, uh, you know, even through like I've had back to back shoulder surgeries over the last three years. One failed, and then I had my shoulder replaced. But even through that, I didn't take any of the pain meds. I didn't take any of the narcotics. You know, doc, like the doctors are sitting here, like telling my wife to go fill the the pain meds, and she's like, "He's not going to take them. He's going to throw them down the drain." And um, yeah, which is which terrible is terrible too. too. And um, <laughs> and so I was like, I just I'm not going. I I can't. I'm not going to take them. And, you know, it's just the thing that they push. And I came back in and I handed the doc my bottle, full bottle. I said, look, man, I told you I wasn't going to take them. And um, so I was like, look, I have a little protocol. I can smoke a little bit of weed. You know, it keeps me, uh, I just need a little bit off the edge, right? Like the throbbing and the intense stuff. And, you know, cannabis usually does that for me. It just takes that edge of that throbbing, um, helps me get a relax and have a little bit of sleep. Um, but it, and do you, do you remember the, the cultivar that you got that gave you that amazing yeah. sleep? Purple Urkel. <laughs> All right. That's, it was the big yeah, that's guy. a classic good sleep. <laughs> yep. All right. So I still remember it. It was like going in. I was like, what can, what's going to knock me out the best tonight? He's like, here you go. I was like, all right, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, you know, we talked a little bit about your diet um, and you said you started paleo and then you kind of transitioned did you have experience with this um, in your healthcare medical background, or was this something that you were just researching, just trying to figure out what was right for you? Yeah. So I went to the thing that I went around. I'm like, all right, like, what is my body suffering from? It's like chronic inflammation right now. So I just started researching like anti-inflammatory diets, um, anti-inflammatory foods, anti-inflammatory medicine. Like, so I was just kind of 
you know, just Googling around that and I came across the paleo piece where, um, it did talk about, you know, how it decreases inflammation throughout your body and those types of things. I still, even when I went paleo, I felt so much better, but for several years, my stomach was just still a little bit upset. Just, I felt bloated. I felt some of those types of things. And, um, and then I just kind of kept diving into it and I found basically the carnivore sort of animal based diet. And honestly, within like five days of starting that, my stomach, like completely night and day difference. I don't have stomach issues. My stomach doesn't, my, I'm not bloated. I can wake up in the morning and go to bed with the same size stomach as I did right in the morning. You know, like, you know, most of the time you kind of get bloated. Your stomach's a little bit bigger in the evenings when you're going to bed. I don't have any of that issues. I don't have any of the, the other types of joint pains. I did notice like once I switched from paleo and removed, and I know this kind of sounds crazy, but I removed vegetables out of my diet. I started noticing a lot of the other things like uh, my recovery was better, like uh, my sleep was better, my stomach felt better, you know, and you start diving into it and just learning a little bit more what could it be. Um, you know, unfortunately, plants have uh, uh, protective properties. So their defense is they got to have a defense chemical in the plant to keep animals from eating their leaves or their roots because if they eat the leaves or the roots, plant dies. Animals can run around, so we don't need defense chemicals, right? Run. Um, plants and trees can't. So they have to produce different things, which these chemicals are shown to create like IBS and other different stomach irritations and those types of things. So it really affected me. And um, I, just, I just remember like going back through being taught all the things that I learned. Like I, I tell everybody I was once educated. This is from, uh, I think Mark Twain, but I was once educated. And then I finally, uh, I, I finally, uh, really learned what, what was going on. Um, it took me years to recover from it, but, um, you know, look at the food pyramid and the things that come out of the government's mouth about our, the way we eat and the food source and stuff. Like we're told not to eat eggs and meat and milk. I think we're told to eat those things because it, it really hurts the pharmaceutical industry, right? It's the same reason they exactly. demonize cannabis, right? It hurts the yeah. pharmaceutical industry. So I'm not hating on the pharmaceutical injury. There's people out there that want to take a pill and live their life. That's fine, right? That's good for them. It's not for me. And I do want to be able to bring a little bit of light to the things of like, I do believe we're, we're being poisoned in this country, right? Our water supplies, our yes. food sources, you can't get anything in a box without a hundred chemicals in it anymore. Food dyes, petroleum. Like people don't realize like food coloring is oil. It's petroleum based. We're just yeah. drinking oil every day. Like let's... <laughs> well, in, t in so many ways, slathering it on our face and our hair, and, you know, yep. putting it, you know, in our bodies, on our bodies. I mean, even the clothing, there's chemicals in the clothing and the, the toilet paper and the tampons. I'm like, ah, right. but you know, my experience with recognizing how sick the food system is in the United States was moving to Italy. <clears throat> and then after a year and a half, reintroducing myself to an American diet. And I was sick as shit for a few months. I mean, I had the shits <laughs> for a couple of months. Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't eat anything that didn't totally tear me up. And, you know, there's so many things that are allowed in our foods here that aren't allowed in other countries. And that is another thing that just kind of motivates me to know my farmer or grow my own food. Completely agree. I get all my stuff from farmers. I get my raw milk and unpasteurized milk. I have people that are like, oh, you're going to get sick. I'm like, guys, like. It's so delicious. It's so good. 
people don't realize. And I always tell them, they're like, well, like people can't drink it with lactose intolerance. I'm like, they won't be lactose intolerance if they drink raw milk because the lactase that you take to fix your lactose intolerance, it's an enzyme that's present in the raw milk. When you heat it, it kills the enzymes that helps break down lactose. No one's really lactose intolerant. I don't really believe it. I believe it's our milk source, our, you know, our boiled milk source that we throw out chemical laced, antibiotic laced, you know, um, Mm-hmm. milk that's out there. Right. And so I think a lot of people just, we're so used to going into a grocery store, right? Like Italy's a great example. They're passing laws right now to protect the foods, the food um, supply in their country to make it natural versus synthetic, right? Moving to alternative meats and genetically modifying the cows and all the other types of things that they're talking about. Um, I just think we've gotten to the point where science has just went too far. It's not even science anymore. It's just weird science. Um, and it's paid for. Science, yeah, it right? is pretty weird. Science. Yeah. The, uh, that not real meat stuff, <laughs> the fake meat, yeah. the stinkiest farts of my whole life were when I tried that. Yeah. I'm like, I couldn't stand to be in the same room with myself. I'm like, my body <laughs> is rejecting this. It may like never again. Will I put that in my body? I was like, that is the most disgusting shit ever. Yep. And there's really nothing even in it. That's real. If you look at the ingredients, you couldn't even tell what real food is in that thing. It's just a whole bunch of different yeah. chemicals. And, um, but they're like beyond meat and stuff like that. They're going under. Like they just keep tanking. They just laid off a whole bunch more people. They shut That's down. what it was. Yep. Beyond meat. Well, that's because everybody has stinky yep. farts when they eat their stuff. <laughs> and you know what's crazy too? And I get it. Like you have these entertainers and you have these celebrities. Like I think Snoop Dogg was one of the one of the big ones out there pushing beyond meat and stuff like this. And you don't hear it anymore. Right. Like Snoop Dogg had his breakfast sausage, and fake meat stuff. And I'm like, why do you guys push this stuff? I mean, I get it. It's money, but you can't be pushing it for like the goodness of people, you know, because that just isn't. Well, and it, or it could just be absolute ignorance. It could be absolute ignorance. Of, right. Yep. And I think a lot of it is. Everybody. Right. Yeah. Well, and so then that's why I think it's so important to have conversations like this. I mean, so as someone in my late forties, I am like, okay, how do I maintain muscle mass? Well, I have to eat a lot of protein. Protein has to be the most important thing that I'm putting in my mouth. And so I did a deep dive on protein. And the best sources of protein for me are meat and dairy-based. I mean, the, the plant proteins, my body does not have the chemical enzymes, whatever, to break certain parts of it down. Therefore, if a protein, a plant protein says I'm getting 10 grams of protein, my body will only be able to receive five grams of that protein. Right. Right. And you're also, so a lot of people don't, I didn't know that before, you know, a month ago, like we just, at certain points in our life, we deep dive and start learning Mm -hmm. these things. And so, um, and it, so I'm glad we're having this conversation. And it's crazy too. A lot of people don't realize that there's only two complete branch chain amino acid sources in our food system. It's red meat and hemp seeds. They're the only ones that have complete branch chains. So if you get protein from a vegetable, you're just getting a varying source of amino acids. They can't bond to the together without a complete branch chain. So they're pulling it from somewhere else. So if all you have is plant-based protein, you're not even getting a good quality protein into your diet because your body can't even use it the way it needs to because it's missing a couple key amino acids that make up that branch chain amino acid. Um, And you're absolutely right. Like red meat has been 
the humans food sources for tens of thousands of years, right? Like we've been drinking milk for tens of thousands of years. Literally 95% of the stuff that's in the grocery store right now didn't exist 80 years ago, right? Like broccoli, cauliflower, they're all GMO'd. Broccoli and cauliflower didn't look like that 100 years ago. Apples didn't look like that 100 years ago. Bananas didn't look like that 100 years ago. You know, so, and, and you see being on a farm, you see the different, like you have vegetables with blemishes, right? Like that's a real grown, probably non-pesticide, non-chemically um, modified piece of fruit or vegetable that grew and it's got blemishes on. It doesn't look as pretty, but it's the best for you. You go get the pretty ones, they're, pay, they're sprayed with appeal, you know, Billy G's appeal, um, uh, preservatives that he even puts on organic fruits and vegetables now. Like it's, it's nuts. Like, well, yes. And the fact that we have some of these grocery chains now, like whole foods, which at one point was the staple of, I'm going to walk in this store and everything in here is going to be good enough for me to put in my basket. Mm -hmm. But now that they've been purchased and they're under, you know, the Amazon umbrella, they're selling GMO corn mm -hmm. and, you know, and things that are like shit that used to be on a regular grocery store shelf, but not on a whole food shelf right. shelf. So the people that are like, I trust whole foods are now getting bamboozled by a giant grocery chain. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, I mean, unfortunately, I think our world sits around, we're, we're ran by corporations, right? A lot of the things that we're dealing with are pushed by big corporations. Um, you know, the food industry was bought out by big tobacco in the nineties. A lot of people don't realize that go get on your hands and knees and look at like kid level at a grocery store and look at the advertisement and marketing who wouldn't want to eat that as a child. Like, you got balls, you got clowns on it, you got kids, the animals, like you got cartoons all over it. Of course the kids want to eat it, you know, and that's all marketing, right? Like that's outside of our viewpoints. We're not looking at the that level in the grocery stores, but our kids are, you know. Well, and in harmony with that, those food companies and the media companies, they need each other. And it, oftentimes they're also owned by the same People. entities, mm -hmm. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's just a big circle jerk. <laughs> it is a big giant. Uh, I mean, you got the three major like owners of any company out there. You got BlackRock, you got um, State Street, and then you got um, Vanguard. Like you have these three companies that own 90% of all the Fortune 1000 companies, including food industries. And of course, they're going to do things to make increased profits, right? Um, I, I really do think... Our entire system and food chain and everything like that went down with um, back in the beginning with John D. Rockefeller. Like he was the largest monopolist in the oil world, and he turned around. And he he sponsored all the American Medical Association, the Dental Association, the Cancer Association. All those types of things are all funded by Rockefeller, right? All the medical schools in America are funded by him. And really, you took a monopolist that was kicked out of oil because of it, and he went and became a bigger monopolist and found a way to put oil in everything. Right. There's five cents of oil in everything that we do inside the United States healthcare system, tubing, wires, beds, medicine, like all this type of stuff. He just found a way to monopolize and make everything in front of us based off of petroleum. And I, I'm not saying petroleum is I don't want to eat petroleum. Right. But right now, like we can use it in our cars, but I don't want to eat it. 
you know, I don't want it in my food. Yeah. I don't want it in my medical supply. That that doesn't seem like it's a, a good idea. And unfortunately, like this company, this this country is incorporated right now. We're we're United States of America Corporation. We're not the United States of We the People anymore. Um, and they, we're just we're backed by corporations. Corporations own the CDC. Corporations own the FDA. You know, mainly big pharma. If you look at the DEA and uh, CDC, and about sixty percent of both of those agencies go and work for big pharma. Um, after they're done. Yes. Like, yeah. Are you not paying them? Are you not influencing them? How do you get them on the back end? Right. Is it a little backdoor shake hands and you push this drug through in 10 years, we'll take it off the market and then we'll do a class action lawsuit and then we'll file bankruptcy and not have to pay anybody. Right. Like that's literally what happens. Johnson and Johnson's about to go through that right now. They will bankrupt their side. That's paying for the baby powder, um, cancer stuff. They're about to bankrupt that side and not ever have to settle on all the claims. Right. They know about it for 40 years prior to it actually coming out. Tylenol is in a class action lawsuit right now for autism, um, causing autism. And what was the other one it's linked to? Oh. There's one other one that it's linked to. It's autism and another one. And I forgot what it was, but oh, I hadn't heard that one. Wow. So that like, once again, media doesn't tell you that, right? They don't, they're in cahoots. No, you're exactly right. So you're but they exactly will, right. they will tell you when like that, that guy that eats meat, something happens to him. Look at this media, you know, like, but, or if you turn around or anybody that speaks against them, they will t- show you that type of stuff. But you know, anybody that speaks out, they're not going to get coverage. Like Woody Harrison has a great one coming up on the food industry um, and all that type yeah. of stuff. It's getting like shut mm-hmm. down everywhere it goes. You can't find it on Netflix. You can't find it on Apple TV. Like you got to find it on YouTube and that's even a tough one to find. So they, they're wanting to hide yeah. it. Well, okay. So let's take all of that that we've just <laughs> talked about and now detox the shit out of it. Right. So one of the things that I have been looking into because, you know, all of these things build up in our body, the heavy metals, the the candida, and we start having eczema and skin issues, gut issues. And so I've been looking into doing a water fast. I also take minerals. I put ionic minerals in my water. And so I'm like, okay, I can do a water fast and have my minerals in my water and still get the things that I need. But I've never done it, but um, I believe that you have done a fast. I would like to talk about kind of your before and after and like any tips that you might have for somebody Started. thinking about doing Absolutely. that. Um, fasting, I usually tell people like that I work with, I was like, you got three choices. You got to pick one of these three. You're either going to start fasting, you're going to start walking every day, or you're going to start, you're going to change your, your food intake. You got to do one of those three. Cause I try to do habits with them, but fasting is usually one of my staples because fasting, what it does is your body stops eating, right? Like, so you don't have any calories. Your body starts working on itself, right? It turns internal and goes into autophagy state at certain points of the fast. So your body starts killing off what they call the zombie cells or diseased precancerous cells. They'll eat them for food. And it's basically your regenerative process. Um, so fasting is one of the biggest things I recommend. Um, 2011, I did all that about two weeks later, I found a a naturopathic doctor that I started doing a whole bunch of different fasting protocols with, and I've done all the way up to a seven day water fast. I just actually, before the show an hour ago, I just broke my fast. I did a 38 hour fast. Um, and I work out through it. I do all my normal activities, everything like that with it. The one thing that I do, and I recommend with everybody, if you're going to do it, get yourself some lime juice, right? Get a little bit of apple cider vinegar. 
those things in a little bit of salt water because it's going to help balance your electrolytes. When you get out of whack with your electrolytes, your body starts getting a little funky. Your body starts screaming, right? I need food. I need this. I need this because it does. Like you need certain types of uh, minerals and that type of stuff for your heart, cardiovascular functions and different processes through, through it. So when I do my fast, I usually start the day off with a little bit of lime juice, a little bit of apple cider vinegar with um, reverse osmosis water and um, about five or six turns of sea salt right? Like people think salt, like we've been demonized salt, milk, meat, um, eggs and that type of stuff, but you can't live without salt, right? You can't go three days without salt. Um, you can go a lifetime without sugar. So, um, a lot of people don't realize that, but fasting, one of the biggest pieces that I notice with fasting, every time I do a longer fast, like 36, 48, 72, when I'm done with that, like if something was bugging me or if I had like a little bit of an injury or, or whatever it might be like a day after it, it's faded, it's gone. And I think it's just your body gets a time where it doesn't digest food and digesting food takes about 70% of your calories and your daily activity to digest it. So the big piece of your food consumption goes to digesting it. I just gave my body back 70% of its energy source, right? Like it just gave it a break from having to do that. So it could dive into my internal body to, you know, reproduce normal cells, help them start re reproducing normal cells. Fasting has shown that it can help extend telomeres, which actually slows down the aging process. Once telomeres shrink, your process starts speeding up. Um, so I tell everybody to start off with at least 12 and 12, right? Like, um, so circadian rhythm type of thing. And if you can do more, go to 16, eight, right? That's a good first start. Um, if you want to do a water fast, like I tell everybody, try to do a 24 hour water fast. So you're going to kind of phase it in. Cause it is, I mean, there's moments where it's a little bit of grueling on the mind. Um, and most of the time it is just a mental thing. So if you do the one or the one day thing, your body's not getting to that point though, where it's starting to, you know, eat off the junk cells yet. You right. You should be dipping into like autophagy right around the 16 hour mark. Um, anywhere okay. from 14 to 17 studies have shown you'll start dipping into autophagy. So then you will get like a six, eight hour autophagy, um, on the back end. Now I usually tell everybody like my fasting protocol is I do, um, 18, six. So every single day I'll at least do 18 hours of fasting and six hours of, uh, of eating. And then, um, first week of the month, I'll do two 24 hour fast in that week. Second week of the month, I'll do a 36 hour fast. Third week of the month, I'll do a 48 hour fast. Fourth week of the month, I'll do a 72 hour fast. So I kind of just phase those fasting periods in the week that I do my 72 hour fast that I have a couple of days where I just, you know, I'll, I'll just eat like a normal full day just to kind of feed my, refeed myself and stuff like that. But, um, I try to keep that schedule for a while. Um, there's a couple now, studies that show, real quick. Oh, go ahead. Yep. um, so you'll do that eating, um, normal eating the days before the fast or the days after Usually the, the fast? days after. So okay. I usually do all my fast starting on Sunday, um, just the way it kind of like my week works. I'll start on a Sunday and then I'll break it on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, depending on the length of the fast. And then the rest of the week, like on the 72 hour fast, I like, I'll probably do a couple of days where I'll only fast for like 12 hours, you know, just do my normal, like stop eating at six, go to bed, wake up in the morning and have a meal after I work out. Um, so I'll eat a little bit more on those 72 hour days. Um, there's a couple of guys out there too, that I follow. They have tons of fasting. They're, they're naturopathic doctors. They have a ton of fasting type of things. The longest fast ever done was 358 days. It's by a Scottish man. He weighed 450 pounds and he used soda water, lime water, like limes, multivitamins and, um, and tea and water and just regular water. Um, so 
fasted for over a year, lost 260 pounds, got down to like 180 pound average like range. And he was able to maintain that the rest of his life. So amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think we, we have the power internally to, to, to heal ourselves for the most part. Right. Like, you know, there's still, there's still need you break an arm. There's still a need, right? Like there's things that like fasting isn't going to fix that. Right. But <laughs> You know, yeah. but for autoimmune diseases and stuff like that, your your nutrition. I, I think ninety percent of our diseases out there right now are because of standard American diet. I wouldn't argue with you. So, and that actually just reminds me. Before I interrupted you earlier, I think you were about to say something about some studies on fasting. Oh yeah, so um, there was a, several different studies that have come out with um, just the fasting protocols and stuff like that. They were like two seventy-two hour water fast a year, like decreases your. Um, your chances of developing cancer by 70%, right? It's like just two of them in a, in a, in a 12 month period has shown up to 70% reduction. Um, there was one other, uh, study that came out and said basically a one, a, a one seven day fast, um, once a year has shown basically like a 90% reduction in, in cancer risk. So you're literally just allowing your body to get out all the old disease cells and, and stuff like that, where you're, you can make new fresh cells and healthier cells and those types of things. So, um, my eyesight's got also, better, skin's gotten better, um, strength. Like people are always worried about that. I'm a big avid lifter. Like I went into the gym today and no food and still put up all the weights that I did still had a really solid workout. Um, I mean, I was gassed at the end of it, but it's probably a little bit of, of fasting, but it wasn't anything like I couldn't get through a workout. I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do. Um, awesome. Now, I also had heard about um, its effects on memory, dementia, Alzheimer's reduction, that sort of thing, yep. correct? Yep. So that definitely helps out with that as well, too. There's a um, your cognitive, like, because you're producing ketones. So your brain runs like people think your brain runs on carb, your brain runs on fat. Um, so ketones is a big thing that your brain loves. Your brain loves cholesterol. What do we hear about today? Like can't have cholesterol, get on your statins, lower your cholesterol. In grad school, I did a report on statins and, um, basically within 15 months, um, it was a, a systematic review. I reviewed a whole bunch of articles and different, um, literature and basically came out if you were, you were on a stat within 15 months you'd be on three or more medications to counter the side effects of the statins i believe it i look at my parents medicine cabinets yes and i always want to look back and i want to look at a doctor and be like you know statins cause side effects you you took an oath not to cause harm that's causing harm like you got to find another medication if you have to take all these different like things to treat the side effects that's not a good medication um, and it's also yeah. been linked to, if you look at people that have used statins, several studies have shown that they have higher rates of autism and dementia, right? Like, I really think it's just, it's heavy metal in our medicines, different things like that, that are affecting the brain. I also saw another study today that said 90% of dementia patients that they studied had Lyme disease. Wow. So there was a link between Lyme disease and they're not being diagnosed with Lyme disease. So I'm like, all right, is it medication combining with a effect of Lyme disease. I don't, you know, it, there should be definitely a deeper dive into that, that portal to see exactly what's going on with it or uh, that type of patient. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. So your brain definitely runs better on ketones. You get through a fast, like in the afternoons and stuff like that. I'm kind of getting on the phase of it where I just, I can go hundred miles an hour, like just sharp, you know, just really quick thinking, really quick on my feet, you know, feeling mentally 
good. And then I find sometimes when I break my fast in the afternoons or evenings and stuff like that, like I get a little sluggish, right? Like I get a little, even with the good foods, right? Cause your body's, your body's having to digest it now, right? So it's, it's taking yeah. its energy source and, and putting it into something that it needs to do right now for you. So, I mean, that's why animals eat, right? You see an animal, they eat a big meal, they go lay down. <laughs> If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. And now you've mentioned a naturopathic doctor a few times, and um, Dr. Michelle Sexton is a naturopathic doctor um, out in San Diego. I'm going to be talking to her on the show next week. Um, I really appreciate the concept of the ND with, we're looking at the whole body, the whole systems wellness approach versus piecemealing out the body, the, you know, traditional Western mm -hmm. medicine approaches. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about your finding a naturopathic doctor, you know, maybe any suggestions for other people looking to, to change, you know, who they're seeking mm -hmm. for their, you know, general wellness. Right. I really got to luck out. So, um, my wife is a, she's a doctor of physical therapy and she's also a naturopathic doc. So, um, about seven years ago when you I didn't have to go, far. I didn't have to go far. Well, I, I had my naturopathic doctor before her, but then I was able to pivot into when I met her. But I think the naturopathic medicine, they look at the root cause, right? They're not saying you have a headache. Well, here's a pill. Why do you have that headache? Right. Are you chronically dehydrated? Like a doctor will typically headache Motrin here, uh, you know, like, um, I forgot what the headache medi medication that's out there. Um, but anyway, but it's like Advil or Tylenol, right. They're giving you, um, versus saying, Hey, why do you have that? Right. Are you just dehydrated? Are you not getting enough food? You know, like what's really going on here, um, with it. And I like that approach, right? I don't want a bandaid. I want to fix what's going on. Um, and I think naturopathic doctors, they don't, they don't buy into the medicine world, right? They buy into whole foods and, you know, I'm animal based and, and I talked about vegetables and stuff like that earlier, just the way that our, you know, our growing system is in this country. Um, I don't think every country is like that. Uh, most countries don't use Monsanto's products and, and different things like that. So I think really in ours, like it's, it, it's a combination of chemicals and, and, and some of the other things that are going on with their growing practices, but, uh, naturopathic doctors, I, I absolutely love just because of this, the purpose of going down to root cause, right? They'll find if you have mineral imbalances, doctors don't do labs for mineral imbalances or vitamin deficiencies or any of that type of stuff. They just give you a pill. And so I think naturopathic doctors take that extra step. They try to figure out what's going on. They're going to go down to the root cause. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's the person's responsibility to apply that. But I think they're a great, personally, I, outside of my shoulder surgeries, I don't go to, a, I don't go to an MD. 
MDs are off my list anymore. I won't go to a primary care doctor. Yeah. Now I don't have one either. And you know, the, the other thing too, is that in our modern healthcare system, these doctors are only getting five minutes with you anyway. Yep. A naturopathic doctor can spend 45 minutes with you. Yep. Absolutely. And I've seen and all the tests. Like I've done a bunch of tests with Jenny on DNA stuff and just seeing, um, I did genetic testing on if there's any food allergies or anything like that. I thought I had lactose intolerant for the longest time. All of a sudden I found out I wasn't lactose intolerant. And then I found a raw milk farmer and I was like, oh my God, what am I missing? Like, this is the greatest thing. My stomach has never felt better. All the enzymes that you get in it is, is good for your, your gut. And you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's been a night and day difference. It was really refreshing. So my, I guess my summing up for the natural path is really refreshing having somebody there that actually said, okay, I get it. You're having this type of issue, this issue, this issue. Well, it's probably stemming back to this and don't come around and tell you a pill. They tell you how to change your lifestyle. Um, yeah. And, I, and I really enjoy that. I appreciate somebody being able to have a truthful conversation. It might be painful, right? Like not everybody's ego wants to hear you got to make changes. But at the end of the day, I'd rather hear, I think a good friend is the one that tells me to go to the gym versus the same time we're supposed to go to the gym trying to get me to go to happy hour. I'd rather have the friend that talks me into going to the gym and telling me I'll feel better versus convincing me to go to happy hour with them. You know, and it's sure. the same thing with a naturopathic doc, right? You know, an MD is like, hey, let's go to happy hour, boy. Here's your pill right? Naturopath <laughs> is going to have to get to work and change some things, but we're going to feel better. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. And I think the genetic testing is such an important key. I did the same thing for myself. And when you have that roadmap, you can turn to a naturopathic doctor and say, okay, help me read this, help me find the right things for me. Um, because I found out that I had all of the genes for inflammation and two of the three genes for dementia and Alzheimer's. And when you know those things, then you can proactively change the expression, Absolutely. you know, of these genes. It's you you don't have to be doomed mm -hmm. to like, oh, I'm going to lose my mind. It's okay. I know that that potential is out there. So now I can change my lifestyle so as not to ever cross that bridge. Right, right. And genes and the expression of genes are very much like light switches. You can turn them on and off, right? Just because you are susceptible to, you know, women, there's a big one, like breast cancer, right? Like if, if you're susceptible to that, it doesn't mean that you're going to have that expression if you're not feeding stuff to your body that's going to cause it to express that. Because your body will function in a normal, healthy level if you if you give it the right tools for it to do. I really think Amen. human body is like one of the most exceptional things that we've ever, I mean, that that's on this planet right now. And we are literally running around carbon-based life forms, like sitting here yelling at each other for, for carbon. I'm like, like we're carbon-based life people. Like we are meant to eat certain things. That's perfectly fine. We're not destroying the world by using natural farming techniques and stuff like that, but we're not using it in this world. Like our biggest yeah. issue in this world is how much chemicals and toxins we spray right in our fields. It, like who would ever teach anybody to do that? Yeah. Like you would never well, do that I mean, to your land. That the chemicals that are sprayed on the field were the ones that were used in the Holocaust to kill humans. Right. But they just relabeled re it, it and said it was to kill pests. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with fluoride, right? Loading up fluoride and everything. Oh, it's good for your teeth. Fluoride was used for mustard gas back in World War One. Like fluoride, oh, it's naturally occurring. No, the companies that 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 side effect from their industrial process produces fluoride, they'd have to pay to get rid of it. Instead, now they're getting paid to put it in other products. 
Yeah. Like that's insane to me. It is. And it's all the stories that get told. And that's why it's so important to support and seek out independent voices. Like podcasts can be the things that wake up humanity. Completely agree. If they just turn off the mainstream news and dive in to these niche podcasts, there's so many people that have access to valuable information that can change your life Mm -hmm. just from you scrolling through iTunes Mm -hmm. and seeing something that, you know, sparks your curiosity. Right. So yeah, more podcasts, podcasts. less mainstream media. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're independent, right? We we don't have to, like, we're not repping anybody, right? Like we're not sitting here having to uh, force ads and stuff like that onto people and, and to monetize that way, like a regular news station does. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is. All right. So talk to me now about Mindful Warriors. What is it that you've built? So Mindful and we're just kicking this off to, obviously my wife has her natural pathic, uh, pathic practice, but one of the big things that I really wanted to do just for, I really wanted to kind of get back into the family circle, right? So the Mindful Warrior piece is really geared for um, basically our age, right? Um group of people that have kids and they also have aging parents and those types of things. I really want to educate this middle group, right? Because the middle group can influence two sides of the generation, parents and children. And so my big thing is really just talking about fundamental stuff for people, right? Um, like I said, the three big things, you're either going to have to fast, we're going to have to figure out a, a nutritional program, or if you're not working out and stuff like that, you're going to go out and wor- walk for 30 to 60 minutes a day. Like if you can do that for a week, come on back, we'll talk about it. And I always do this thing with a week piece is because if you can't follow through with a plan for seven days, you're not going to succeed, right? If you walk for four days out of seven, well, you, you didn't complete the protocol, right? So it's now go back and do seven days of walking and let's get back because you're not ready for the next move. So I'm really trying to keep things very simple, cut the noise and confusion about what's going on out there, you know, help educate people about food labels and making more conscious decisions, finding local farmers, finding people around in your backyard, go buy from your neighbor, stop buying from these big corporations, right? Like, um, those are some of the things that I really kind of talk about with it and just, you know, ultimately trying to find ways of making it simple and easy to introduce new habits and continue to build on them. Right. Because it is hard. You go in there, like me throwing everything out in one day and doing all that type of stuff that doesn't work for most people. I had to like literally fall on my face before I was willing to make all those changes. And, you know, and I don't want people to have to get to rock bottom before they get there. I'd like them to be able to start. Maybe they're halfway there, but let's climb out of it before you have to get to the bottom of it. Um, so ultimately I'm really focusing on that kind of, you know, thirties to 50 age range. They have kids, they have parents and just really like injecting them with good educational stuff around what health is versus what our so-called experts have been telling us. Amen. That is, you know, having a health and wellness program for yourself, just some sort of goals. I call it taking care of future Joe. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, the things that I'm willing to do right now to take care of my future self. And, you know, I've mentioned this on the show before. I found it really interesting. I was listening to some doctors on another podcast and they're talking about a study they had done of when we think of ourselves, what part of our brain lights up. And then when we think of our future selves, where does that light up in our brain? And we consider our future selves like a stranger. Mm -hmm. 
somebody that we've never met. Therefore, our considerations in the right now, mm-hmm. like our future self is a stranger. I'm not concerned about you. Right. And so that's why we get into this instant gratification habit and, you know, just like making the poor choice, that poor micro choice mm-hmm. that then becomes the macro of our lives. And so curious if you have any tricks or tools that you, you're teaching people about how to really consider that future self in the right now. I haven't. Um, and that's a really good thing to like actually start future casting for people. Cause once again, like you got to be able to see it before you're going to get there. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's a really good tweak that I can make of like, you know, think about what, how you're going to feel like in, in, in one year, right? Like it, it took you how many years to get to here? you're going to feel so much better in a year. And then in two years, you're going to be the next place. So I really like that concept of like looking at more of a future self versus like the now. Um, I, I, I think I probably naturally do that, right? Like when you have some discipline, you're like, you're saying no to the now and so that you can, you know, be better, but I never, ever put it in that context like that. So that was, that's good for me to pick up right there. All right. Well, <laughs> I appreciate let's it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to touch on? And then after that, I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the one big piece, um, you know, basically with your show and those types of things, I, I really think like if, if, if we can get to more of a natural place, right? Like using more of a natural medicine, um, I'll use mushrooms every once in a while for, like I said, I'm a big avid working out. I do the different stuff. Like, so you're going to tweak things up. It, it's just a natural piece, right? If I didn't want to be sore, I could sit on the couch. Um, but I do things to push myself. And there's times where even right now with recovery with a shoulder, like I'll get locked up in the trap. My upper back will be, you know, like locked up. But instead of me turning to a flexor roll, turn to like a gram and a half of mushrooms. I'm not even sitting here like out of my mind, right? Like, and all of a sudden it, it's like the best Vicodin body buzz that I've had. It just relaxes everything. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there and you notice for another week, you're like, I'm still pretty good. Right. Like, you know, I'm still a little bit happier than what I normally would be. And there's a ton of studies with mushrooms and cannabis around the VA. And I really do want to like, just kind of with us vets and that type of stuff. Like I I really do. I, I think that's a big gateway to help them heal and us heal in general, right. As, as humans, um, by finding alternatives to what, the mainstream wants us to do. Um, so absolutely healing the body, healing the mind mind. with these plant medicines. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm curious. Um, so you said that you were microdosing mushrooms that was also helping with pain management. Mm -hmm. Yep. That was one of like, honestly, like I kind of got to the, like when I was going through the, the shoulder rehab and all that type of stuff, I really, I'd say the cannabis, like for me, like the cannabis use just, it didn't, it would, it would be able to maintain it for a little while. Um, but then every once in a while, like three, four weeks down the road, I just get a, like, it would just, I'm trying to think of it. It would just be a little bit too much, right? Like it was something's locked up. I'm, I'm having muscle spasm in that. And, um, like I said, I, I would probably do once every three weeks, I do a gram and a half of it. And it was enough for me to, um, experience the relief that I needed, just get everything to calm down. Even like it settles your brain down a little bit too, right? Like, um, I know some people say they get anxious with it or have anxiety with it. It it seems to affect me totally different. Um, and I can use like small doses and those types of things and not saying you have to use larger doses or whatever, but for me, I, I try to go 
I want to have the um, the minimal required amount, right? Like with everything, you know, and if I yeah. need to go up from there, that's great. But I want to start with a minimal. I don't want to go blow myself out. Yeah. I've never really been that way. Like I never really want to get like so high. I can't even like talk to people or any of that type of stuff. It's like, I just yeah. need a little bit for the, like I said, just to take, uh, this is how I describe pain to me. This is what it feels like to me. It's just a constant tapping. Boom, 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 boom. It's just annoying. Like it's probably my OCD or whatever. And both of those just take that tapping away. It's like it, it takes away the noise of the pain for me. Um, like I can hear my pain, if that makes sense, like um, in yeah, my mind. Like, it does. Yeah. I mean, when you have that chronic lasting pain, absolutely. I mean, it is a specific vibration in your body. Right. And, you know, the the interesting thing with, I know readily in cannabis is that that minimum optimum dose is will cut the pain and and help you but if you go over that it can amplify the pain so for me with mushrooms i've i've done the microdosing thing but never where i was consciously thinking about the pain in my body so that is a that's a new one for me to just kind of think about and you know because before you take these plant medicines it's important to set our intention mm-hmm. what is what is our why right. and you know and take it with the you know conscious intention of healing thyself um so yeah i'll play with that yep absolutely with- like i said i've been a big fan of that i had a couple of friends that take anxiety medications and depression medications they were able to get off of those using a half gram of of mushrooms, you know, three days in a row, a day off, three days in a row, you know. Um, so there's several different protocols that are coming out now with that. And it's great that the companies now and there's companies out there that can actually research this and actually dive in deeper to find out what is that minimum dose? Like, what is the maximum dose where you get into trouble? You know, just trying to find those things out for us. Like, like they can tell us right now in, in pharmaceutical, right? Like we watch commercials yeah. on TV and I just watched this one. It was diabetic medication. This Everybody's dancing around all happy. And then all of a sudden they go through all the side effects. And it's like 15, 20 seconds of all these different side effects. And I go, now they just told you about the side effects. Now they're going to dance and cheer you up again about it. I was like, this is just programming at its finest, right? Like, um, yes. So I, I just really wish that we can get to a point where we are able to have alternative medicines. We're able to have some more deeper studies on these types of things. Um, like I said, I mean, I know a lot of my vets, vet buddies are out there suffering from depression and anxiety and, you know, it could be from what they saw or what they did or any of that type of stuff. But if we have a chance to help them out with something alternatively, like anytime I take a medication for depression, if it causes me to have suicidal thoughts, isn't that the reason why I'm taking this stuff? I shouldn't have the side effects yeah. of suicidal thoughts on a depression medication. <laughs> so I'm like, that's not yeah. helping anybody out, <laughs> you know? So let's just get back to the point where we can actually help each other out because corporations aren't going to help us out, right? They just want to make money. They're, they're all about making profit and so be it. It's their game, but we can change up our game. I'm right there with you, Dave. So if people want to reach out to you directly, how can they get in touch with you? Um, so I have a Instagram over there at Mindful Warriors Wellness, um, and then my wife also has her um, her naturopathic uh, program over at V Thompson DPT. She focuses with women, so helping them get um, obviously genetic testing, hormones regulated, nutrition regulated. Um, she has a whole bunch of different. Um, supplements and stuff like that from natural suppliers and, and quality sources of supplements um, that she works with. But 
um, I'll get you that information as well too. All right. Now y'all are based in Denver. Do you work with people all over the country? Yeah. So, um, we actually out of country too. We have some Canadian, um, clients that we work with. Right on. Yeah. All right. Well, I so appreciate your time and, you know, thank you for talking us through your own personal journey. I think it's so important for people to have an actual tangible example for people or for themselves when they're like, okay, what's next? How, how do I get out of this and transition into something new? So, um, yeah, I appreciate the insight and, um, we'll have to talk again. Absolutely. One last thing. I really appreciate what you do with a farm, with your show, um, and everything with bringing awareness. So I really greatly appreciate you. I'm super thankful to be on your show and, uh, it was great talking with you. Yes, it's a hot time. We had a hot time together. Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Jamie Humiston at PodConnects. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.